Then, CBS's Sabina Castelfranco is in Rome. Tourists arriving from EU nations, Britain and Israel, will no longer need to quarantine as long as they test negative when they come into the country. Americans are also welcome, and airlines have started to offer COVID-free flights from U.S. cities. Texas is joining a growing number of states that'll stop paying extra federally funded unemployment benefits. State AFL-CIO President Richard Levy. The more I think about it, the madder I get. What his, his action really says to workers is, is that it's your fault if you're not working, that you're lazy, that that you're just trying to get rich off of these cushy unemployment benefits. Protests in Charleston, South Carolina, after two deputies were dismissed for pepper spraying a black man with a mental illness and shocking him with a stun gun before he died in their custody. We saw a small fraction of accountability by these officers being fired from the sheriff's department. The justice comes in these officers not only being prosecuted for the crime, but also being convicted. Body cam footage showed officers trying to forcibly remove Jamal Sutherland from his jail cell for a bond hearing. Rudy Giuliani's son, Andrew, tells the New York Post he's officially running for the Republican nomination for governor of New York. He calls himself a politician out of the womb. U.S. home construction down by a bigger than expected 9.5% in April. S&P futures up three. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Wendy's Frosty Chino is cold brew with Frosty Creamer. What does that mean? It means we took rich, smooth, cold brew and then added your choice of vanilla or chocolate Frosty Creamer. Can you say good morning? Or better yet, Wendy's Frosty Chino? It's cold brew with Frosty Creamer. It's only at Wendy's and it's delicious. So ditch the stuffy coffee shop and say hasta la vista, barista. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's Frosty Chino and start your morning right. At participating U.S. Wendy's. An EGOT winner will headline a concert to mark 100 years since the Tulsa Race Massacre. We're just ordinary people. John Legend will play the Remember and Rise event May 31st. The concert is sponsored by the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre Centennial Commission, which seeks to educate people about the attack by a white mob that killed about 300 people, most of them black. A candlelight vigil will also be held on the streets where the massacre happened. About 6,000 people will attend the concert, but the event will be live streamed too. Other performers and speakers will be announced throughout the month. Monica Ricks, CBS News. So what if people automatically think Shrek? when they hear your song. Smash Mouth's co-founder Paul Delisle tells USA Today he's very proud to be a part of the movie, despite rumors through the years that he wasn't. Today is the 20th anniversary of the film's release. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I'm former U.S. counterterrorism officer Drew Berquist. In a one-party controlled country whose policies continue to move further to the left, it's hard to find a group willing to stand up for the right. That's why we created Mammoth Nation. We're standing strong for all Americans. Mammoth Nation is America's conservative discount club. As a member, you get great discounts, massive savings on travel, shopping, wireless, sporting goods, even prescriptions. Membership supports conservative businesses and the causes that you care about, like the Wounded Blue. For every total wellness plan purchased, Mammoth Nation will donate a plan to a police officer in need. This provides critical support to our law enforcement community. It's just one of the things that makes Mammoth Nation so great. And it's so affordable. If you join now, you get a 30% discount on an annual membership. Normally $29, this month, just $19. It can pay for itself with just one purchase. So go to mammothnation.com and become a lifetime member today.
Local folks have been coming to White's Mill for generations, and chances are it's where your great-grandparents had their corn ground into meal or feed. Today, White's Mill has been renovated into the most unique retail space around. You'll find everything from local-thrown pottery, Native American jewelry and leather goods, to growing supplies, pet supplies, and all your bird-feeding needs. White's Mill, because great service never gets old. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and better yet, 1.5 miles after the Richland Avenue roundabout on 682. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. When you see McDonald's Golden Arches, it's easy to get excited. It means something delicious is about to happen, like trying the new crispy chicken biscuit for breakfast. It's made with a crispy, juicy fried chicken filet and a warm, flaky biscuit that's baked to perfection. Now mix and match the new crispy chicken biscuit, sausage McMuffin with egg, or bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Get any two for just $4. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Valid when products served. Ohio Means Jobs is partnered with Hawking College for a job fair on May 18th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. This event is free and open to the job-seeking public. Remember to bring your updated resume. Job Fairs provide networking opportunities with many local employers. Austin Powder, Columbus Sheet Metal, Holzer, Park National Bank, Spectrum, and many more. Contact Terry Coons with any questions at 740-753-6132 or email at koonst at hawking.edu. Job Fair May 18th at Hawking College's Student Center in Nelsonville. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars, That's Auto cars, Smarts. Friday afternoons at 106 cars, on 970 cars, WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. I-N-E-P-T. M-F-T. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf on our last program talking about your game with RSVP. Rock Slide Vermont Polytechnic. Boy, them boys have got a real fine ball team. 57 to nothing loss uh, for the Oysters in that ball game, and I know you had to be disappointed in not putting any points on the board, what with your, your new offense. I understand your new quarterback. Well, you win some and you lose some. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Your new quarterback, Berger, had a little bit of a tough time in his first start. Well, that's right. He spent a lot of time on the ball field, uh, uh, literal. I mean, they, they really pasted him up good. They was blitzing him. They was red-dogging him. And he, he spent a lot of time on the seat of his pants. But your defense uh, must not have played too well either, giving up 57 points. And you had a new uh, defensive scheme for this game, didn't you? Well, you know, that's all my fault. Uh, you know, the fact that we didn't do too good on offense and didn't do too good on defense. You know, a new quarterback, the boy named Berger, spent a lot of his time in his own backfield, piled up with them defensive boys on him. And that's because we took one of our star offensive linemen, uh, Gap Gibson, and moved him over to defense. We was trying something new on defense, too. We was thinking that uh, me and Crush Cromar, our linebacker coach, we figured that they had such a good running game, such good running backs on their ball team, that we ought to put in another running uh, back stopper, another linebacker in there. So instead of regular old three linebackers like we regular have, Mike, Sam, and Willie, the Smith brothers, we was going to put old Gap Gibson at linebacker. He was used to coming up against them big boys on, on offense. We figured we'd put him in on defense and have him come up against them big boys on offense. But it didn't work. Unfortunately, RSVP was able to just roll up the score on you. Well, they wasn't the answer, that's for sure. I mean, uh, they, they uh, piled up some points, and they piled up some yards, and they piled up some first downs, and it was, it was a real avalanche out there. I'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. Brought to you by Greyhound Buses. Uh, Coach Turf and a 57 to nothing loss. Sometimes there aren't many positive things to say. We're 
You're well, sometimes they is, but this ain't one of them times, because we did have a real bright spot in the ball game. I'm talking about good old Shank Wedgman. You remember him from the golf team. Right. He's your uh, punter this, this uh, year, isn't he? Well, that's right. You know, he was back there. This is his first year on the football team. We made a punter out of that boy, and it seemed like every time I looked up, I was either seeing old Chuck Berger, the quarterback, sitting down on his patootie, or I seen uh, Shank Wedgman booming one out of there on fourth down. So your punter had a good kicking average for the game. Well, that's right. He was, of course, he was in there on enough plays. He should have done a good job. Coach, I think you had a special promotion in connection with the RSVP game, Key Night, I believe. Well, that's right. Everybody would uh, come into the ball game to see that fine ball game. We give them a key, and then at halftime, we draw it out a winning key, and the winner gets to drive our 19 and 37 Packard around for a whole week. Who was the winner, Coach? Well, that's interesting, and I'm glad you asked me that question, because the winner of the driving around the Packard for a whole week, you won. So here's, here's the keys. Be sure and have them back 6 o'clock Friday, and have a blast. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. My, oh, my, it's beautiful outside. Look at it. 60 degrees, headed up to almost 80. 80 for sure tomorrow on the next few. I think summer is getting closer. Sunshine, sunshine, yeah, sunshine. Abound. Okay, yeah, I can do better. Anyway, let's see here. Oh, we got a caller already. Sunshine. Sunshine. Good morning, Sunshine. Yeah, good morning, caller. <laughs> good morning, Dave. <laughs> hey, hi. <laughs> How's Gene? Well, well, I'm encouraged by your greeting anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> Were you listening to Coach Art Turf there? Yeah. Yes, I was. Well, I think that the coach should have admonished the winner to be sure to return that packer with a full tank of gas. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a challenge right now for some places, but not so much here. No, we're blessed here. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a thing to talk about, but that was a point I wanted to make right there. It just gives me an opportunity to tell you how much I enjoy your show and, and your greeting. Uh, the greeting <laughs> brightened my day. Okay. Well, uh, that's a pleasure for me to do it. Yes. Well, well, have a great show. I, sure, I, I wish I could hire you and have you on our staff because I tell you, you have so much knowledge about so many different things. I've always thought it would be fun to work with you. Yeah, well. But uh, I guess maybe the opportunity never some, quite presented itself, well, did it? I, I guess I will just stay online as a in a consultant capacity. <laughs> well, I've got plenty of things you can consult. I guarantee that. It doesn't mean that I know anything, but it's fun <laughs> to be consulted. I've had a tractor out in the field for months. Yes, you're talking about that hydraulic system. And and, uh, well, I mean, uh, I need someone to fix it. I just I... don't know anything about that. And uh, I'd, mm. it would be fun for me to immerse myself in those systems and learn about them, but... Uh, I've gotten to the point where it challenges me to keep my shoes tied. <laughs> well, I can help with that. Anyway. Okay, Gene, thank you. Thank you. Have a you nice bet. day. Thanks, Gene. You too. Always good to hear his voice. Yes. Sunshine. Sunshine. Sunshine, Gene. Okay. I think he enjoyed that. We enjoy I enjoyed his laugh, hearing his laugh, and just hearing Gene, you know. 
you know, um, he. Gene being Gene. Every elevator in Athens and the surrounding communities, he knew inside and out. He was our elevator, what would you call it? Inspector, repairman. Maintenance. Everything. Yep, you name it. And, you know, you think about elevators, they're, wait a minute. Yeah, I got the right term. Yeah, elevators, elevators and now escalators, too. Yeah, and I don't know if he knew those as well, but it doesn't, the point is, there is so much that must go right with those, and very little that can go wrong, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, well, anyway. Okay. And when they do, you know, they got to close them down, and people walk in there, and they see those barriers, and it says, elevator closed, and they go, Oh, no, I got to take the steps. Yeah. You know, what did you do before elevators and escalators? Take the steps. Yeah, but... Might be some good it, exercise. As long as, as long as I have been alive, there have been those. Yeah, but if they weren't and in the building at the time and they just, you know, put them in, then you you took the steps. The most famous skyscraper in Columbus... Levesque Towers. Um, years ago, also known as the AIU Building, American Insurance Union Building. In fact, they are the ones who built the building. And I think it's 47 stories. Uh, it's in that zone anyway. I know my dad had an office on the 46th floor. Well, that's, I don't know what year. Okay, let's start Gogan. All right. Okay. Um, Levesque, L-E-V-E-C-K. Uh, no, Q-U-E, I think. L-E-V-E-Q-U-E? Something like that. Levesque Tower. Columbus. Columbus is a 47-story. I was on it. Skyscraper in downtown Columbus. I said 47. It was 47. At 555 feet and 5 inches, it was the tallest building from its completion in 1927 to 1974 and remains the second tallest today. So what? Not a bad you, memory, kid. What do? Yeah, well, you better uh, turn around, and pat yourself on the back. I can't believe I had it that perfect. Yeah, it's, you're right on it. The other thing is, you know, it was AIU, and back then, my dad was running a radio station in Columbus called WAIU. Today it's WTVN six ten, but back then it was WAIU. Its headquarters, all its offices, studios, everything was in that building. Um, wow. But a 47-story 40, building obviously had to have elevators. Nobody's going to work on the 46th floor walking up and down every day. You know what I mean? Yep, and, unless they're a fitness junkie or something like that or just need to do it yeah. each day. It opened in 1924 at a cost of $7.8 million. Now, American Insurance Union was like, well, name any insurance company you want. Yeah. Um, and in, and uh, there are some, <clears throat> what would you call it? There are many people that felt that the investment they made in building that substantial building is what caused them to lose their uh, existence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Economically. Yeah. They spent too much. But it's a beautiful building even today. Yeah, can you imagine what it would cost today? Yeah. Seven, seven million, did you 7. say? 7.8, yeah, almost 8 million. 
That would yeah. multiply it times what about five times that much, maybe? Oh, golly. I have no idea what it would be. Just guesstimating. Architect was C. Howard Crane. C R A N E. All right. So, well, what's the largest, tallest building in Columbus? I'm going to say it's a nationwide building. I don't know. I've lost track. Nationwide surely is close. Play it. See if you can do it. Okay. In the meantime, folks, uh, it's a Tuesday. Good morning. And it's May 18th. Of course, the year is 2021. We'll um, we'll get going here in a moment. We just, oh, there we go. What'd you learn? Rhodes State Office Tower. Yeah, I had a feeling. 41 floors, then the Levesque Tower, then the William Green Building, then the Huntington Center, and then the Vern Rife State Office Wait a minute, wait a minute. Building. Now I'm confused. You, Me too. You threw too many in there. So <laughs> the, the, which one's the tallest? Uh, it is the Rhodes State Office Tower. And they claim it's how many uh, floors? 41. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that? It's taller, and yet it has fewer floors than... Levesque Tower. So the floors have more room to them. Maybe. One would think in the Road State Office Tower. Maybe. I just don't know. For Maybe it's for taller people. The nationwide building, incidentally, is the sixth tallest building in Columbus, followed by the Franklin County Courthouse, the AEP building, Borden building, and then three nationwide plaza. Any other buildings you have a? Uh, no, I'm <laughs> I'm building doubt. I think, I think the James is number eighteen. Hmm. Well, I know that building well. Yes, a, yes, you do. All right, now let's uh, let's let's uh, get on with things. But that was fun. That yeah. was interesting. Yeah, something something different. And you, Gene, right see what you started? Money. Yeah, thank you, Gene. Yeah, sunshine. Good morning. No, his name's Gene, not Eugene. Sunshine Gene. Get it? Yes. Yes. Eugene. Eugene. Yes. Never never mind. I got it. Okay. (laughs) Maybe it is Eugene. Today is National No Dirty Dishes Day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's National Visit Your Relatives Day. Boy, we are ready for that. You've gotten to do that, though, recently. Not only only my little Athens gang. Now. Yeah. My Athens gang has shrunk substantially. Right. That's I a good One of them graduating from high school Saturday. That Julia. Yes, that's right. Congratulations, Julia. Yeah. If you're listening. Or even if you're not listening. It's National, Chew- National Cheese Souffle Day. And finally, National HIV Vaccine Awareness Day. Let's talk about that just for a second. All right. Remember when HIV was first... uh, Diagnosed? Yes. Or first went public. Yep. Uh, and there was a lot of concern about that. And then over a period of time, and it took longer than it did for the, um, what we're going through now, COVID, there we go, COVID, um, the medical companies found a vaccine for it. And uh, I even see it still advertised on TV once in a while. And yet we really don't think of it very much anymore because this vaccine has done its job. And so long as people are aware of it and use it, well, duh, 
Um, anyway, National HIV Vaccine Awareness Day is today. I was just reading up on that a little bit about uh, when it first began. It first began to spread along the historic trade routes of the Congo Basin in the 1920s. Really? Yeah. HIV crossed from chimps to humans in the 1920s in what is now the Democratic Republic of Congo. Apparently, it was first discovered in 1959 in the Belgian Congo. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't either. Let's see. On this day in history... Let's see here. Um, Okay, the year 1291. After 100 years of crusader control. Acre or Acre, how is it? Is the last crusader stronghold reconquered and destroyed by the Mamluks under Sultan al-Ashraf? I probably just said that terribly, but I did my best. 1804, Napoleon Bonaparte proclaimed Emperor of France by the French Senate. 1896, on this date, the Kodinka Tragedy. There's a mass panic on Kodinka Field, Moscow, <clears throat> during the festivities of the coronation of Russian Tsar Nicholas II. And that event resulted in the deaths of 1,389 people attending this public event. Wow. Somebody must have suspected a coup or something was going on. I can only guess. Yeah, quite possible. 1974, India becomes the sixth nation to explode an atomic bomb. 2009, the Sri Lankan Civil War. The LTTE are defeated by the Sri Lankan government ending almost 26 years of fighting between the two sides. Sri Lanka, that was quite a deal. Okay, now, famous birthdays. I always need your help. Maybe not so much on this one. Okay. Now, now that I'm looking at it. All right. We'll, we'll, okay. Let's see what we get. So, Frank Capra, from Motion Pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Born on this date in 1897, died in 1991. Just, um, I don't know if you looked him up quickly or not, but let's name a couple of Ibs' better-known films. Frank Capra, he was uh, an Italian-born American film director, producer, and writer. It's a Wonderful Life. It happened one night. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Mr. Deeds goes to town. Well, just with those titles, folks, now I think you probably have a linkage to him. He was a good one. Yeah. Okay, now, Nicholas II. He was born in 1868. Died in 1918. Now, this would be uh, Russia, right? Uh, yes, it was. Former emperor of all of the Russias. Known in the Russia, uh, Russian Orthodox Church as Saint Nicholas, the Passion Bearer was the last emperor of all Russia, ruling from November of 1894 until his abdication on March 15, 1917. So about a year before his passing. Yeah. Um, boy, his picture is stately here. And mercy, does he, does he have decorations on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, he got lots of bling. Yeah. 
Military. Military bling. Okay, John Paul II uh, was born on this date in 1920. He died, of course, in 2005. Pope John Paul II was the head of the Catholic Church and sovereign of the Vatican City from 78, 1978, until his death in 2005. Reggie Jackson today celebrating his 75th birthday. Mr. October. There you go. Now, two famous deaths to mention today. One is uh, someone I met and worked with on two occasions, Elizabeth Montgomery. Oh, I loved her in Bewitched. Yes. And um, she was born in 1933, died on this date in 1995. Now, this other lady... um, I don't know who she is, um, but she has a certain look in her eye that I just have a hunch she might have been an interesting person to know. So we'll just find out. Jeanette Rankin, R-A-N-K-I-N. She was born in 1880, died in 1973 on this date. Jeanette Pickering Rankin was an American politician and women's rights advocate and the first woman to hold federal office in the United States. Wow. She was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives as a Republican from Montana in 1916 and once again in 1940. Do you know how hard it would be to become the first woman elected and then from the state of Montana? Now... Whenever you hear me say, Wyoming, Wyoming, okay, I should go something similar for Montana. Um, I dated a girl from Montana for a couple years. Well, maybe it wasn't that long. But anyway, um, it's kind of out there, too. <clears throat> Uh, this, she must have been something special. Yeah, yes, obviously so. Broke that barrier. Jeanette Rankin. She has a look in her eye, though, that is interesting. All right, let's see here. I don't need that. Okay, I guess that finishes that report. So that can go there. We did bring in some interesting items today, but let's first look at the headlines, sort of. Um, So as the fighting continues in Israel and Gaza, New York Times uh, has written an article here, we lay out both sides' cases. The latest conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians had its own specific sparks. But just as important as those sparks is a larger reality. Both sides in the conflict are led by people who are relatively uninterested in compromise. We've heard that before, haven't we? Sure have. Many Israeli and Palestinian leaders have given up on the idea of lasting peace, such as a two-state solution in which Israel and a sovereign Palestine would coexist. They instead are pursuing versions of total victory. For Hamas, the militant group that rivals um, But as the um, dominant Palestinian political party, that means the destruction of Israel. For For Benjamin Netanyahu's Israel, it means a two class society in which Palestinians are crowded into shrinking demographic demographic areas and lack many basic rights. The result is 
worst fighting in the last uh, what eight years? Maybe maybe seven. Well, here it is. It's since 2014. Here's a quote. Yes, it's from Vox Zack. View Champ. It's not a name that means anything to me, but we'll go on. It, go, it says, It would seem as if the current round of violence emerged out of a complex series of events in Jerusalem. But in reality, these events were merely triggers for escalations made almost inevitable by the way the major parties have chosen to approach the conflict. Well, let's see here. Uh, the writer of this article, which is uh, David Leonard, we often have articles from him with that I've chosen from the New York Times. He goes on to say, I recognize that some readers are deeply versed in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict with very strong views about it. And they may bristle at the above description as false equivalence. But I also know that most readers of this newsletter do not follow every turn in the Mideast as often, and often find it bewildering. Today's newsletter is mostly for them. It will lay out the basic arguments that the two sides are making. When you strip both down to their essence, they help to explain the situation. So if you'd like to go to the New York Times website, um... They, they presenting in some detail the Palestinian case and obviously follow it with um, the Israeli case. I guess I could say just a little bit more. Uh, so let's pretend you had read all of that. So what now? Before this conflict started, an optimist could imagine how the next few years might bring progress. Israel and four Arab nations recently established diplomatic relations, a breakthrough that could eventually offer a framework for resolving the Palestinian question. But the new fighting seems to be squelching most optimism, Major street violence between Israel's Arab and Jewish citizens has broken out for the first time in years. It remains unclear when the missile attacks and bombings will stop, or if they will instead escalate into ground war. It also remains unclear when either the Israelis or the Palestinians will have the political leaders whose priority is peace. Well, as I said, you can certainly read more about it on the New York Times website. Let's see here. What other stories pop today? Yeah, I'm just paging through here. I don't think there's anything that we absolutely need to share. It's all good stuff. Check it out, please. Um, we've got a couple other stories. One's kind of heavy duty. And the other one's a little bit lighter, but... You know, maybe maybe we need to lighten things up just for a few moments. All right. Um, Let's light it up. Okay, so, you know, I've been having fun looking around at, um, 
Oh, different lists of jokes or puns or just funny statements, right? And um, I've ended up printing off a number of them. Now, some of these have musical connections, which, like, here, the very first one here, I don't understand. Now, you're going to have to help me. And I hope you have the musical background to do so. Okay. So here we go. We'll see what we can do. Why did Adele cross the road? Oh, so she could see the other side? To so, say hello from the other side. Yeah, that's one of her songs. Oh. I knew it had to be something like that, but they said... Yeah, she's got a song titled Hello. Okay. I may think, I think I do know that one. Yeah. It's a good one. And to say hello from the other side? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another one. It deals with an artist again. What kind of concert only costs 45 cents? A 50-cent concert featuring Nickelback. Ah. 50 cents, the name of a group. It is? And, yeah. And so is Nickel- Nickelback. is also. Yes, correct. Oh, so well, 50 let's... cents and you get a nickel back, you get 45. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you see, I'm so behind the times. Okay, now, um, I don't get this at all. But, again, it may be because the artists, I don't know. Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. Fruit flies, the insect, they like bananas. Okay, I think there's just something we don't know that would help us. Okay, now this is your turn. You pick out a loser, too. <laughs> okay. That came out good. Yeah. <laughs> You want me to go with one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Two guys were out walking their dogs on a hot day when they passed by a bar. The first guy says, let's go in there for a pint. The second guy says, they won't let us in with our dogs. First guy says, sure they will. Just follow my lead. He goes up to the pub, and sure enough, the bouncer says, I can't let you in here with that dog. He replies, oh, I'm blind, and this is my seeing-eye dog. The bouncer says, okay, come on in. The second guy sees this and does the same thing. The bouncer says, you can't come in here with that dog. He replies, I'm blind and this is my seeing eye dog. Well, the bouncer responds, you have a chihuahua for a seeing eye dog? The second guy claims, well, they gave me a chihuahua. (laughs) They gave me a chihuahua. So he could see it. He could actually see it. I must, I missed something there. It was going real good. But what (laughs) did I miss at the end? Okay. Well, he, he could see. So. Oh. He he was not visually impaired after all. Because he described his jaw. Oh, oh, oh. As a chihuahua. Well, I would think just by touch you could tell a chihuahua. It's Ooh, so small. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, yeah. That, that was hard for me. Um, I better pick a, a better one then. The skeleton walks into a bar. The bartender says, well, you have. The skeleton says, give me a beer and a mop. Because yeah. it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no body to... Okay. Yeah, it's just going to run right down to the floor. I had a crazy dream last night. I was swimming I was swimming in an ocean of orange soda. Turns out it was just a fantasy. <laughs> okay. Um What was Forrest Gump's email password? I Go still don't get this. I forest I or one forest one 
Here, remember. Uh, oh, run, Forest, run. Go. There you go. So it's one, Forest, one. That's it. Jeez, if you have to explain it. Uh, I think I've done this one before. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? The food was good, but it had no atmosphere. Yes, I think we did do that one. Okay. Hey, speaking of escalators and elevators. Yeah, with Gene? Yeah, here's an escalator uh, quote from Mitch Hedberg, whoever he is. Yeah. He says, I like an escalator because an escalator can never break. It can only become stairs. Here's one from Phyllis Diller. What I don't like about office Christmas parties is looking for a job the next day. (laughs) I, (laughs) honest, now, you know, I I tell you these things, and I know most of you don't believe them. (laughs) I met her twice. Once with Kenley players in Columbus. I can't remember the other one. But she is absolutely as zany in person, not on stage, as she is when she's on stage. She was a hoot. She had that distinct laugh. Oh, my. After her one-liners, punchlines. No one enjoyed her work more than she. She was a good one. She okay. was funny. <clears throat> Need an ark to save two of every animal? I know a guy. <laughs> Noah? Yeah. Guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, here's one about an ocean if full I of beer. I have to explain it. No, I, it was good. Okay. I got it. Your turn. Just thinking maybe people listening out there are going, what is he talking about now? Noah guy. Yeah, Here's one about an ocean full of beer. Two men are adrift in a lifeboat for days. While rummaging through the boat's provisions, one of the men stumbles across an old lamp. When he touched it, a genie came out. This particular genie, however, states that she can deliver only one wish, not the standard three wishes. So, excuse me, without giving it much thought, one man blurts out, Genie, make the entire ocean into beer. The genie claps her hands and the entire sea turns into brew. The other man looks disgustedly at the one who made the wish and says, Oh, way to go. Nice going. Now we're going to have to pee in the boat. <laughs> Did we tell that on the air? We did. We did. Yeah. <clears throat> we both clear our throats at the same moment. Yep. Talking about stairs and elevators and all that. My next one says, I don't trust stairs because they're always up to something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Me. Smaller babies may be delivered by stork, but the heavier ones need a crane. <laughs> My grandpa has the heart of a lion in a lifetime banned from the zoo. <laughs> Here's one about God in a parking lot. A man is struggling to find a parking space. Lord, he prays, I can't stand this anymore. If you open up a space for me, I swear I'll give up drink and go to Mass every Sunday. Suddenly, the clouds part. The sun shines on an empty parking spot. And without hesitation, the man says, Never mind, never mind. I found one. <laughs> oh, boy. wonder how many people can say, Oh, whoops, yep, I think I may have done that before. A man sued an airline company after he lost his luggage. <clears throat> Sadly, he lost his case. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, two more, and then we'll get into something more. All right. Here's one from Woody Allen. I don't want to achieve immortality through my work. I want to achieve it by not dying. 
That sounds like something he would say. Is that one that I'm supposed to laugh at? Woody Allen. Well, yeah, kind of because Woody Allen was something though. Yeah, he, you know, immortality usually comes after someone passes. Mm. He wants to achieve it by not passing. Oh, oh, oh! That was too subtle for me. Too intense. You heard about the cross-eyed teacher who couldn't control his pupils? <laughs> okay, that's two. That's uh, let's put these away till another day. <laughs> we have so many of them here, and some of them, as you can tell, are fun. Yeah. Okay, let's get a little more serious. I have two reports here. One's definitely more serious than the other. It's entitled Drug Use by State. And this is a recent report, so all the data is current. Um, Let's see, this was published May 11th. Drug abuse has a long and storied history in the United States, and we've been at war with it since 1971 under the Nixon administration. Yet despite the country's best efforts to fight it, the problem is getting worse and is exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. There were over 88,000 drug overdose deaths in 2020. That's up from that's up around 27% from the previous year. In an effort to bring these numbers down, the government included $4 billion for substance use and mental health programs in the American Rescue Plan stimulus. Given the uncertain future and lack of significant progress to date, it's fair to wonder where drug abuse is most pronounced and which areas are most at risk. The report attempts to answer those questions by comparing the 50 states and the District of Columbia across 21 different key metrics. Those range from arrest and overdose rates to opioid prescriptions and employees' drug testing laws and so on and so forth. Okay. So, we're going to start with the highest drug usage by state. Um, what do you think it is? Uh, no clue, but I'm going to guess New York. Uh, no. In fact, <clears throat> just to make a point, New York comes in 30th. Think of that. Wow. Now, the absolute worst place is that 51st thing they add, the District of Columbia. They're number one in drug use and addiction. They're number one in drug health issues and rehab. And they're number 28 in terms of law enforcement. Number two. Uh, West Virginia. You are dead on. You're kidding. Nope. Wow. Just took a guess. West Virginia ranks number two. They're number three in drug use and addiction. They're number three in law enforcement, and they're number 30 in drug health issues and rehab. Now, after this, it's going to get tougher. So we'll just work on this rest together for a while. So number three, Missouri. Number four, Colorado. Number five, New Mexico. Number six, Nevada. Number seven, Delaware. Number 8, Michigan, 9, Indiana, 10, Kentucky, 11, Maine. You see it's jumping all over the place. So why don't we just get down to Ohio? By the way, Wyoming is 21st. 
Oregon 22nd, Ohio 23rd. Ohio is 11th when it comes to drug use and addiction. OH. IO. Law enforcement, we rank 33rd. And drug health issues and rehab, 34th. So it, it seems to me that uh, the, the particularly the drug health issues and rehab needs to be stepped up. Okay. That's just my very elementary look at it. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Get my pages turned just right. What state do you feel would might have the least? Oh, let's see. Montana. Huh. It must be on the first page. Uh, wait a minute. Where is Montana? I mean, I know where it is, but... <laughs> Geographically, yes. It's not on this list. Oh, well, they're off the charts then. How can that be missed? I don't know. Do you have 51 yes. listings there? Wow. I've got to be overlooking it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's 13th. Montana is 13th. And I did find it. Okay, but the the state with the least problem, Hawaii. I thought about guessing that, and I thought. In terms of drug use and addiction, it's 43rd out of 51. Law enforcement, 49th. And drug health issues and rehab, 51st. They have the most offerings for people that do use that stuff. We need to get the model that they're using. Over to your left. Potential spam. Just what I need. And not in the can. Okay. Well, anyway, so that's um, it's that report. We do have all 50 states to mention, but... Okay, now let's see here. Highest percentage of teenage users. Where do you think that occurs? Hmm. You'll, you'll not users. get it. Vermont. You're right. I would not have gotten that one. Followed by Maine, then Montana, New Mexico, and Colorado. Lowest number of teenagers. Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, North Dakota, and Utah. Um, highest level of teenagers who were offered, sold, or given an illegal drug on school property. Okay, the worst, California, followed by Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona, Tennessee. The best or lowest, Ohio, Virginia, Wisconsin, Colorado, and the finest, North Dakota, but getting this stuff on pr school property, that's pretty s weird. Highest number of adult to drug, I had... In our 71st year of service to Lake. Southeast Ohio, we'll AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Day 9 and the violence between Israel and Hamas shows no sign of letting up. More than 200 Palestinians and at least 12 people in Israel have been killed, children among both groups. UN spokesman Jens Lerke. Humanitarian access into and out of Gaza for staff and goods must be sustained and appropriate measures taken to continue movements within Gaza. CBS's Robert Berger from Jerusalem. 
Israeli airstrikes toppled a six-story building at the Hamas-affiliated Islamic University in Gaza as Palestinians fired dozens of rockets at southern Israel. Israeli Arabs and Palestinians in the West Bank are observing a general strike today in solidarity with Gaza. In one hour from now, a district attorney in North Carolina will announce results of an investigation into the police shooting death of Andrew Brown. A private autopsy showed he was shot shot five times, once in the back of the head, outside his home in Elizabeth City, by deputies serving a warrant on felony drug charges. The U.S. will begin admitting more people into the country on a humanitarian basis. CBS's Monica Ricks. 250 asylum seekers will be allowed to cross the border per day. It's part of negotiations in a federal court case where the Biden